Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama. Jamie University, it is Wednesday, May 31st. It is the last day of May, and we are here to talk about uh, recruiting. Recruiting is picking up, Jamie. Official visits start this weekend, and there's going to be uh, the first of three big weekends I think it's three. Yeah, three big weekends, maybe four, right? You never know um, if, if players are going to be added to the uh, official visit list later in the month. Uh, but we're going to talk about the first weekend, a bunch of players coming in, uh, much, very important targets on the offensive line, at safety, running back. Um, so th- th- there's a lot to talk about there. We're also going to talk about our, our favorite wins uh, as, you know, Notre Dame, uh, I guess, football fans, right? Like uh, we're Previous to working uh, on the Notre Dame beat, you know, what are our favorite wins and that sort of thing, favorite games watching, uh, you know, and uh, we talked about the our, our worst losses last week, Jamie, and um, that was uh, that was it was nice to relive that those horror those horror stories. I don't know if it was uh, nice would be the word <laughs> I would use. You know, it's always, it's always good to reminisce about how your heart was broken, Jamie, because then you can look forward to the the uh, the better better days ahead. So. Um, those are the things that we're going to talk about. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If this is your first time, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. We reached 6,000 subscribers. Thank you, everyone for who has subscribed to the show, everyone who continues to port- support the show. Jason Smith, Rajon is here again. Joseph Steining, uh, hey, guys, good morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, Patrick Quinlan says, 87 days to learning football. I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. This I'm going to put this up. Asa, can't wait. Happy to have Jamie and Greg talk ball while I go on a leisurely walk on a beautiful day. Go Irish. That's what I'm talking about, Patrick. Go on a leisurely walk and enjoy uh, listening uh, to see that. Yeah, Jay says, uh, Jay says, nice seeing Caleb Beasley taking an official visit for the OSU game. That is nice to see, Jamie. I, I You got to think there's going to be movement there, given Notre Dame's stance on ho- uh, hosting committed prospects on official visits. Maybe he won't be a, an official prospect by the time he gets to South Bend against Ohio State. So we'll we'll just have to stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about ESQ clothing, Jamie. We're going to talk about um, the, the the nice bamboo shirts that Ga Wang is is putting out for the people. He's he's getting his fabric from Italy, Jamie. From Italy. From the, Europe. Anytime you get the European fabrics, Jamie, the bamboo you know it's you know it's legit. You know it's really good quality. Uh, it's the world's first bamboo shirt. Uh, Marcus Freeman's wearing it all over the country. Uh, we're wearing it when we go out. People are people are making comments, Jamie. They're looking. They're they they are they're noticing. It it feels good to be to be wearing a quality fabric. And um, you know you know who's you know who's not wearing uh the 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 quality ESQ shirts, Jamie. You know who's not? No who. None of our rivals, Jamie. None of the rivals wear the ESQ. Clothing. I was going to guess Jim Harbaugh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not wearing that. He's, he's not that, wearing that, it. That, yeah, yeah. Ga has not. I don't think he's wearing a pant. dress shirt in years. Yeah, no. Ga has not made a bamboo khaki pant yet, and so therefore Jim Harbaugh is not going to be involved in that. So look, none of the none of the rivals wear it. Notre Dame wears it. It's the official outfitter of Notre Dame football. So head over to ESQClothing.com. Upgrade your shirt game, guys. Everyone. European bamboo, Rajon says. Jason Smith uh, says it's exotic. Go ahead. I got actually uh, a weird anecdote about Jim Harbaugh and oh. his clothing. Okay. Uh, so uh, my cousin um, previously was uh, on the 49ers, uh, worked for the 40, San Francisco 49ers. He was the mm. head strength conditioning coach uh, when Jim Harbaugh uh, was the coach there. So he obviously worked with Harbaugh for, for many years. Um, and so Jim Harbaugh, obviously everybody, Mr. Khaki, uh, you yeah. know, everybody kind of knows that yeah. he's, and he dressed similarly uh, for years, years and mm-hmm. years. So he actually, you know, they're, they're very strict in the NFL in terms of what you can wear and um, you're supposed to wear team issued gear and you're supposed yeah. to wear, of the, the brands that are NFL brands, right? The sponsors of the NFL, like that's a very thing, but uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh, I mean, I don't want to diagnose Jim Harbaugh, but he's, he's an eccentric guy. He's got, uh, he's got some quirks. And one of his quirks was he had to 
where he didn't want to wear whatever the Niners were going to give him. So they had to alter his Stanford, his black Stanford sweatshirt and turn that into a 49er with a 49ers symbol. So he wore the same sweatshirt that he wore at Stanford the entire time when he was with the 49ers. Uh, and I'm sure when he got to Michigan, he had to, because, you know, the, the colors yeah. changed and stuff. So I'm sure he had to do that. But uh, he he wore the same thing that he wore with Stanford because he just didn't want to. He didn't want to change. And so he just was like, yeah, nah, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what he was. And there were. And no one was going to refuse him. So that's uh, he likes what he likes, Jamie. You know, it's, he, he's uh, he's his own guy. He likes he likes his pants. He likes his specific sweatshirt, and he likes steak and whole milk. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, um, chicken is a nervous bird. He's just <laughs> nervous bird. I think he's. I you know, it's funny about that is he might be a little nervous bird given the, the fact <laughs> that he, he can't is, wear yeah. he can't wear yeah. a different sweater. Yeah. Um. So that's that's interesting. Great. So he's not wearing he's not wearing. Needless to say, he's not wearing European bamboo, Jamie. And 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 you can go to esqclothing.com. Upgrade your shirt game, everybody. Um, okay, Jamie, what's your what's your uh, favorite win from uh, or one of your favorite wins from uh, the last? I don't know since you've been following nerding football. Wow, you know, I was thinking about this as we were just talking about it earlier, and mm-hmm. um, I think the, you know, one thing that's certain is the losses stick with you more than the wins. Okay, uh, I, I have a th- I have I have a theory about that. Why that is? So the losses, the so the wins, right? So Notre Dame hasn't won a national title official since 1988, right? Yeah. So all the wins after that, they're, they're not they're great. There's wins in the moment, but they're not defining. The losses yeah. are defining every single time. They always define the season because that's what essentially ends the season. But the wins don't. The wins always are are in hindsight kind of diminished because there's a loss later, you know, and that's, yeah. that's why good. So, well, because like, you know, the thread that we put on the message board, it's like, there's 140 responses to uh, the, the, you know, the loss, the loss thread and the win thread was like, I don't know, 50, 60. Right. Cause it just doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't stick. They don't, they yeah. always get diminished by something later. So. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, and also too, it, okay. So my story of when I became a Notre Dame fan is was when I was 12 years old. I became a Notre Dame fan, so uh, it was actually during the 1993 season, mm, okay. which was obviously it was is a pretty magical year uh, for everyone who's who was alive and followed Notre Dame football then. Uh, you know. Uh, Cheated out of a national championship. I think everyone would agree. Uh, give me a break. Bobby Bowden just got it because of that. That just shows you how stupid a vote is for a thing because they were like, eh, he hasn't had one. Let's give it to him, even yeah. though they lost to Notre Dame. Like, give me a break. No good. Um, but uh, and I think most people would expect me to say that Florida State game. But you know what? I was at that time, you know, I was playing a lot of sports so i played a lot of sports on saturdays so i didn't get to see didn't get to see it everyone so i that was when i taped the game and watched it after Mm -hmm. uh but i did see the 1993 notre dame michigan game notre dame going on the road to play michigan Notre Dame was not favored in that game they were underdog i believe michigan was like the third third or fourth ranked in the country uh, you know, expected to win the game. And uh, I vividly remember the beginning of the game. It was on ABC. Uh, Might have been a Brent. I don't know if it was a Keith Jackson game. It was definitely maybe. Keith Jackson, 100%. So it was Keith Jackson. Yeah, Keith Jackson and Bob Greasy calling the game. And uh, at the beginning of the game, they had uh, just this little intro. And I miss that they do this, the, these kind of like old things like this. They had yeah. a little intro where they had a guy from the Notre Dame band playing on his like trumpet or whatever horn. I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not a music expert, but uh, he's playing uh, the Notre Dame fight song on, on, on his thing. And then it like kind of faded into all these like uh, little Notre Dame highlights. And then they had a Michigan guy doing hail to the victors. And there was just something kind of like majestic about it. Something kind of special about college football. And I was just, just so hooked in at that moment and then 
I remember that Kevin McDougal, I believe, was a 43-yard run, uh, touchdown run on on um, uh, a lead option play uh, to the left. Derek Mays blocking for him down the field and <laughs> scored a scored a touchdown. Went up early in the game, and that I. Like, honestly, I don't even really remember. Like, I'm reading about the game now. I don't even remember. Like, apparently Mark Edwards fumbled at the one-yard line. I'm like, I don't remember that. I, I only remembered the good stuff from the game, yeah. really, right? So I only remembered that and that Notre Dame won the game. And obviously, it was like 27, 24, or whatever it was. And But that was stuck with me because it was such a huge monumental game at the time and it was considered an upset and it was on the road and yeah so it was just one of those things where uh in the moment too it was such a big deal and obviously that kind of ignited their whole season uh where they ended up obviously beating florida state later on mm -hmm. and you know they had the disappointment at boston college but they had a just a terrific season deserved to win the national championship got cheated out of it um and that really, like, uh, honestly, a lot of the more memorable games are game for me are like the kind of close losses, like the yeah, like the Bush push, uh, the the Nebraska. I can't remember if it was two thousand or two thousand one. Two thousand, yeah, two thousand with which obviously had the Julius Jones return and the Joy Gethrell return, which because that was a game that like. Notre Dame was given no shot and, and Nebraska yeah. was ranked number one and they had Eric Crouch and all that kind of stuff. Um, but those games kind of stick out more. And then the rest of the rest of the things, it's just, it's all like just moments, you know, where you're like Arnes, but battle taking that little slip screen to the house against Michigan States with uh, Dillingham, Pat Dillingham, right? Mm -hmm. Like just things like that. And um, I mean, and then it's it's weird because when you're doing and you're when you're covering the team and you're doing stuff, uh, you know, for uh, ISD and and you you don't you aren't really a fan anymore. That's it's not like a thing. Like, uh, not that I wasn't excited that Notre Dame beat uh, like Clemson in 2020. That was a huge huge win, but it was like more of like the significance of that, and then also like you get into it because you're like, oh man, the message board is going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's like one of those kind of things. It's one of those reactions. So um, yeah. And it's just, it's just a totally different feeling, um, you know, and whatever, when I'm not doing this one day, then uh, it'll, it'll change again, I mm -hmm. guess I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that 1993 uh, Michigan Notre Dame game, that one just, uh, that's, it, it's, it's kind of like the first one for me and it's just, it's uh, maybe because it's the first one, it's, it's kind of the best one. Yeah. I mean, people kind of forget too, like McDougal going into that game. Like, so he, so when Notre Dame uh, during COVID, when they published all the home games, it, there was nothing on. So I watched it like every 93 home game. Right. And there's things you forget. Like I forgot that McDougal was benched in the Northwestern game the opening game of the season, they benched him for like, for poor play. Like it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to do like, they didn't plan on rotating quarterbacks. He wasn't doing well. So they he put in Paul Fela, right. For a couple series. And that didn't go well either. So like that kind of gets lost. Um, and, you know, so you go in to play Michigan on the road and it's like, they, you know, they've got uh, Todd Collins, Tyrone Wheatley, someone put in the chat, uh, Amani Toomer, uh, Mercury Hayes, those guys like, those are legit dudes. And it's like, <laughs> you know, what, how's this going to go? And they got, and, and you know, Lou, like his greatest quality was he could get these guys up for these games. He could, he, he was, they were always ready. They would lose a stupid game, right? They would always lose a dumb one. And that's what cost them, right? In 90, they lost to Stanford. In 92, they lost to Stanford. 92 they are 90 they lost to penn state as well like there were just so many dumb losses that cost them national titles but in the big ones he had them ready to go and he, he you know they they jumped out 17-3 lead um and you know they hung in there at the end 27-23 so um that was a big one i remember too so i on the board i was just kind of throwing off like in 2017 when they beat usc uh just because living out here you know, I had gone to a game watch that was kind of far away. It was like 50 minutes from our house. So 
the way that Notre Dame just pummeled them, A, was I, that was unexpected. Did not expect a, you know, 35-point victory or whatever it was. And then being able to drive home and putting on L.A. sports radio on the whole drive. I mean, that was fantastic, right? Like, it just listen to these people just, like, could not believe what just happened. That was a good time. I think 2020 is kind of special because of the COVID aspect of it. Just like it was such a hard year, you know, like the all everything in the news, like everything you were hearing, like it was all bleak, right? It was illness, deaths, and people are sick. And it's just, it wasn't a good time, you know? Yeah. And so for them to come through in that situation, like that was really big. Um, but one game that stuck out to me that I had forgotten about, but then I was like, oh yeah, like this was awesome, was 98 Michigan. Because they were defending national champions. They came in. Jarius Jackson. Jarius Jackson. His, it was his um his first year starting quarterback. And you know, Tom Brady's the quarterback for them. And it's just like, and we obviously didn't know who he was, but it's it's like, you know, it's it's they were defending champs. And Notre Dame is they 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 they're doing real poorly in the first half. And but they keep holding them field goals, holding them field goals. And then it was like, I don't know, 16 to three at halftime or something like that. And then Notre Dame just like it's turnover after turnover after turnover. And and they just they capitalize, capitalize, capitalize. And suddenly they're up. I think it was uh, 36 to 13 or 36 to 16 or whatever it was. And it was like, whoa, like now we're blowing them out. And like everything and just the fact that like everything kept snowballing. It was like that was really big. I was a senior in high school at the time. Uh, so I remember watching that. We watched the game, and then we had our little, you know, green – what was called our green and gold game. So our, like our little scrimmage before the season started. That was really a good time. So um, those are some of my favorite wins right there, just like 17, 2020, and then 98 Michigan. That was um, a really, really good time. Pat Patrick mentioned in there, too, that I, I should we should probably give a shout-out to that Michigan State 06 game because – that game, obviously, that was the the Terrell Lambert uh, game. Yeah, um, and it was obviously a miserable game, a miserable day, and just the, that was yeah, easily the most epic comeback that I can remember. Like just how they came back in that game, and um, it was pretty. It was pretty special. Like that was that was. Per- that was really cool. And I, I just remember too, because, um, you know, where I grew up in, uh, in like, you know, in Vancouver, BC, there wasn't, wasn't, uh, a ton of Notre Dame fans out there. And one of my, one of my friends who I'm still good buddies with today, he, uh, was also a Notre Dame fan and we happened to be together. We were playing like we were, it was like a poker night. We were, we were playing poker at at our friend's house. So we had the game on kind of in the background while we were also playing poker. And, uh, I just remember like, God, thank God we're playing poker. Cause the game was, was going terrible. It was, it was going so bad. And then I just remember like the total like mood change as that game was going on. And then it turned out to like, just, you know, everything was coming up Millhouse for me that night because I ended up winning like a ton of money. And then I was like on fire. And then my one of my one of my good buddies was like, we're going to the casino. Like, let's go. <laughs> and then, then we went to casino and I won more money. And it was oh, God, it was. So that was a, just a doubly memorable uh, night for me there, too. And and either just like one other thing, too, on Jerry's Jackson, which was just like. Very weird. So uh, Jerry Jackson actually played for the BC Lions in the CFL. I didn't mm-hmm. think he's still he still might be coaching the CFL right now. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, so he was playing. He, he had played in the CFL for for a number of years, and he, one of my one of my best friends growing growing up, Lisa, uh, her husband uh, was a linebacker for the BC Lions, and he uh, was good buddies with 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 Jarius. And it was just so weird. Like one night we all like went out and we we're at this like lounge having drinks. And then just like sitting there was Jerry's Jackson. And I was like, this is surreal. Like I just, just because I, he was a guy yeah. as when I was in high school and then getting together with all my buddies, we would play NCAA football. And I was like, I've played, uh, you know, 
Jerry's you were my, Jer- you were my quarterback. Jerry's Jackson. I've played with Jerry Jackson as my quarterback in NCAA football numerous times, right? So it was yeah. just funny. And anyways, he's a he's a really good guy too. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, he he was fun. I mean, he was kind of a mess though. Like speaking of watching um, games back, like you you rem- you forget like how chaotic that '98 team was specifically. Like they were so it was such chaos. But he was like that's how he operated best in that kind of chaotic, uh, atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, so he was, he was a fun one. He was a fun one to root for. Um, Another guy, if he was in this era, would have just, he'd kill it. Oh in this yeah. Era. yeah. Cause yeah, he yeah. just, the, the offenses hadn't evolved to where they are now. And if he was like in a spread option offense, Oh my, I mean, he would just be tearing it up. He'd be a Heisman yeah. contender. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really good. He, I'm mean, almost like a better passing Wimbush, probably. I don't yeah. think he was that fast, but he he had that he had those wheels, man. Like he, yeah. he had some long runs, and he had to like a little bit of because he was big too, so he yeah. just had a little bit of that physicality. He was like kind of built for to be like a designed run type of guy out of a spread uh, set. You would he would have been dangerous. Yeah. All right, so uh, that was fun. The no, come on, Eric Ward. 93 was our not our last good year. Come on, come on. The Notre Dame's had some really good years since then. Really good years since then. Come on, it wasn't our last good year. Uh, okay, let's talk about recruiting, Jamie. This is the big, big weekend coming up in June. Okay, so a big month coming up in June. At the end of the month, we are going to know pretty much where this class is headed, you know, for the most part. It, it's it's going to be uh it's going to there's going to be a lot of uh yeah, I think there'll be a lot of commitments um I mean they have what 16 now is that is that 16 correct? yeah 16 so they have 16 now I think you'll see at least five or six coming out of the month of June and once you get into the 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 low to mid 20s that's when it's like okay the, things have really started to solidify so this is a big month for Notre Dame recruiting um and it starts this weekend Jamie let's let's start on the uh Let's start on the offensive line because I, I so the Peter Jones and Anthony Knapp, let's start with them. They're coming in. They're already committed. Right. And it looks like they're going to be solid in the class. Right. So there's two guys. Do you see, so Peter Jones, I think is known as a, as a, as a guard. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, so I think he's going to play guard. Okay. So Anthony Knapp, it, it could play tackle. We think, uh, yeah. but I think most likely a guard, just generally speaking, he could play tackle, but I think they like him at guard. Uh, well, he said, I mean, there's, uh, there's an interview today where, uh, a, f- a friend of the site who works for, uh, a Georgia site had got a chance to talk with him. And he said, Joe Rudolph had talked to him about, uh, left tackle. So, oh, interesting. um, yes. I so, seen that. uh, I do think he's like kind of a swing guy. It's, it's going to, it's going to depend, but I do think like, uh, if he's long enough and feet wise, like I think he could play. Um, I think he could play tackle. Um, yeah. Like he, he's to me, he's in the kind of like the Hainsey ish mode where you're like feet to play tackle, maybe best suited to play inside, but you know, yeah. feet to play tackle. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, and you are, you're famously, I don't want to, I don't maybe I shouldn't say famously, but you're, you're, you're higher on Anthony Knapp than I think most people are. Um, so yeah. I think that's interesting. Right. And that, so I, I take, uh, I take, you know, I take that in a heavy consideration there. Um, Jason Smith asking about Garby Lambert's date. So right now we're going to talk about styles Prescott and Garby Lambert. Uh, Prescott is locked in, in terms of like, he, he will be there this weekend. Uh, but Garby Lambert is that there was questions about whether he's going to be at Notre Dame or whether he's going to be somewhere else. Do we know uh, you and Matt talked about that yesterday? Do we know if that's, you know, squared away. Like we know he's going to be on campus this weekend. I mean, as far as you know, as far as I know, uh, you know, and Matt is obviously someone who would, who knows and is very plugged in and, and Matt, uh, informed me that he was going to be there. So, I mean, I guess things change. I it's, I did read something like literally yesterday with previewing an Ohio state visit thing where his name was on there. So, but I, I think it's whatever. So it's obviously conflicting reports, but I think Notre Dame expects them to be there. So I don't know. I mean, if he obviously, if he doesn't show up this week, 
take him off the board. He's not coming. Like he's just yeah, because this would be I think numerous times there's been kind of a date and then not it didn't happen. Yeah, well, and then the other th- it, it, it's one thing to be like, oh, it didn't happen because something came up and whatever, right? Like, but it's another thing if like he was like, oh no, he's going to Ohio State. It's like, well, okay, then I guess that's. <laughs> that's that's that you know <laughs> it's right? not good that's not good right like no, i didn't I, make it yeah i mean i think whatever right and i i and i don't think uh and as mentioned numerous times i think everybody's unsure about um the status of where what he wants where he wants to go um it's a little bit like his teammate, right? His high school teammate, Bubakar Traor, where there was like kind of like a lot of mystery around him too. And obviously he, it, it, it's also one thing though, where it'd be different if it's, it's always one of these things where if you're like, man, I'm trying to get up to Notre Dame. And then there are these guys who go on like all these other visits, mm-hmm. but he's not going anywhere. He hasn't yeah. been going anywhere. So I think that makes it different. Um, But I mean, now is the time where it's like, it's on Notre Dame's dime. It's, uh, you know, they, it's pretty planned out for you. So yeah, if he's going to, it's either he's going to be there or he's not. But I, 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 everything that I know as of today is that he will be there. So, I mean, obviously that could change, but, and then that has changed because I believe like with the spring game, right. It was like maybe like the day before you find it. But again, this is like, it's, the plan is, is, is different, right. With this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and I guess we'll just see, but, um, and, and especially because Grant Bricks isn't coming right. on, on that, that's, that's official. He definitely isn't coming. And that's something that like Christian reported like a couple weeks ago that like they, it, it was set that it, it was said that it was locked in, but then he heard from a source that it was not locked in and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and he's not coming. Um, no. So that makes styles Prescott pretty important in terms of the class and what, you know, what it can be. Um, I, I would have to think Notre Dame that they, 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 I think they want to come out of this with, uh, you know, commit watch from styles Prescott. Right. We thought, we thought this could, he could have popped already and he hasn't. Um, if he gets out of the official visit and it's kind of like the vibes are, you know, oh, I'm gonna look around a little bit more, that's gonna be pretty concerning, I think. Because you, if you feel like it should have happened or it could have happened, and then he he gets to this point, has the official visit, and then he's still kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm gonna go look at some other places, that's gonna be concerning for them. Um, but I think going into this visit, I, I think they got to be feeling like we, we want to lock this down. Um, how important is Styles Prescott to this class, Jamie? I think he's very important. Um, yeah, and I would agree with you uh, with with what you just said in terms of uh, because he took those back to back visits right away. It's like um, there really shouldn't be that much more that he needs to see from right. Notre Dame in terms of feeling comfortable. Um, then again. Uh, I mean, I always bring up the Billy Shrouth example because like, I, I mean, there's numerous times that we're like, oh, he's in the class. Uh, no, he's not. And yeah, so you, you could always put it from that perspective, but just in terms of his por- importance in the class, I think, you know, because you don't know what's going on with Lambert. Um, and the other thing is he's definitely a tackle, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, I think he's like just a, a guy who's totally just scratching the surface of, of the kind of player that he can be. And he's got like a, a finishing mentality. He's a really good athlete for his size and moves really well. Like you see him move and get to the second level. Um, so he has like left tackle qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's got the size, right? He's got the size, like he's got the like length of the frame that you you, you want there. Um, so, and and I always just think too, when it's like a local guy, it's just always a good thing because very few of the local guys who commit to Notre Dame end up, you know, straying away later on. Right. So that's the kind of thing. If he commits, then it's like, he's in the class and that's that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, I think he, I think he's a super important uh, guy for Notre Dame in this class. I, I mean, I personally don't think like if they want to say take Prescott and Lambert, I think that's fine. But I don't think they need to. You know, I, I don't really don't think they need to. If they got just one of those guys, they're probably fine. Uh, just because I don't think either. Of them, I think both of them are very good prospects, but not like I. You know, I and I mentioned on Power yesterday with Matt. I mean, Emil Wagner is a better prospect to, to me than both of those guys. Do you see Lambert as a tackle? Someone's asking. Joe Burrow is asking in the chat. Do you th- do you think uh, J- Gary B. Lambert is a tackle? Yeah, I definitely see him as a tackle. Yeah. I think he could play guard, uh, yeah. but I, I definitely see him as a tackle. There's nothing um, physically or from like a traits perspective that would suggest that he couldn't play tackle at a really high level. Um, yeah. You know, and I know he plays like kind of he plays right tackle, but he can easily play left tackle. Um, you know, he has he has the athleticism to play there. Uh I mean, the the one thing with him is I think his ceiling is about as high as probably any of the offensive linemen in the class. Uh, But he's and he yeah, like he moves extremely well for his size. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't have the mentality of like a killer out there. He doesn't. um, there's just some inconsistencies with his game. And obviously there's some of it is like, uh, the level of competition he plays against. He, he's not tested at all in terms of what yeah. he's doing in, in, uh, plays in a mostly run focused offense, not tested at all in, uh, pass pro, but like, man, the tools are, are, are fantastic with him. He's a really good prospect. And, um, I mean, he has a chance to be really really good and i think one of these things too is like i mean everybody wants a quentin nelson a guy who's just like i want to take your soul but just because a guy doesn't have that doesn't mean that he's not a good prospect you know uh but it helps (laughs) it definitely helps yeah um if they were to miss let's say they miss on lambert they let's say they land prescott miss on lambert would you be happy with three in this class yes okay is there is okay go uh well, I, I mean, one, I mean, they could, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be unhappy with them if they, if, if like, if, if it was me and I was trying to, um, you know, look at like kind of what I wanted, like, I don't think it's bad to take like Lambert or Bricks, right? If, if, if those, if that's your fourth guy in the class, I don't think that's bad. Uh, I just don't think it's a necessity um, because, you know, there's other positions that are deeper in the class, like yeah. how, how they're approaching edge rusher, like edge rushers are very deep in this class. Like there's mm-hmm. a chance, like, you know, one of the things, so like one of the things that's so great about that 2016 defensive end class is like, they literally had five guys. If you count Jameer Jones who, who converted, right. That ended up being like guys who played in the NFL. Right. So you can have that all in one class if it's like, you know, the guys are good enough, right? Um, and I think you should kind of approach it from that way in terms of just roster. If you're going to like oversign somewhere at a position, it's like, man, this guy's just good. Like he's good. And I think he's got a chance to play. And if it doesn't work out, whatever, right? Like because of depth or whatever. Um, but I think like you could get in danger, um, uh, on the offensive line in this class of like just taking a guy, um, you know, not the guys that they're targeting right now, but if they expanded the board and it wasn't like a guy that you were, that you're kind of thrilled with, um, you know, you can end up, that's how you end up with a guy who's just, I mean, he ends up being like two years and out of the program or like being a project who never plays. And I mean that, it's that's just how I view the the offensive line class in general for yeah. 2024. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I think this weekend will go a long way towards finding out where Notre Dame actually is on the offensive line. I think coming out of this weekend, uh, there will be a ton of reporting from Matt, ton of reporting on Christian. We'll kind of know um, where Notre Dame stands there. Um, so from the offensive line standpoint, this upcoming weekend is going to be very, very big. 
moving on to, I think, our, our boss, Mike Franks, one of his favorite players, Kadrian Young. Uh, he is a uh, running back, and he's I, – I compared him to Frank Gore. Um, just, you know, whether or not that's correct. I just think that he's that kind of uh, that kind of player. I, I, I mean, he's a power back, but I also think there's – there's a lot of um, like a more explosive Tony Jones, I think is another way to look at it where I, I think he's got some nice long speed. And the thing I like about him as a runner, and we talked about it when, when he, um, we kind of profiled him on a couple, couple shows back is he uses contact as a way to elude defenders. You know, he can see a defender coming and he sees someone coming from the other side. He'll take the hit from one guy and use that to propel himself around another defender. Um, so he's very good at absorbing contact in that way. And he's got good contact balance, which you always want to see at the running back position. Um, especially when, you know, Notre Dame's got some, like Jeremiah Love, right? Jeremiah Love, he doesn't really have that. You know, he, that's not really his game. He's going to be more of a CJ Procise type. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think... I think uh, I think Jadarian Price is has good contact balance, but he's a guy who wants to get out in the open as well, right? Not looking, not necessarily looking for contact, looking for the pre crease, kind of like Dexter Williams in that way, where it's like you're looking for the crease, one cut and go. Um, and I think Kedron Young's got that, you know, he, he's got a little bit of uh, estimate to him in that sense. Um, I think he's got a little bit more wiggle there. This is a this is a very important weekend for them, uh, Jamie, uh, with Kedron Young. Um, and you know, I think it was, it was him who, who took the UTSA official visit, right? That That's who Matt was yeah. talking about. Yeah. And it's like, you know, took the visit. Right. And it's like, okay. Like he's willing to go to places. He's willing to go see opportunities. Um, I would think Notre Dame is like in a really good opportunity for him in his mind, Jamie. Um, tell me about, what do you think about Kedron Young and where Notre Dame stands with him? Well, I know we, we are, I mean, we already, uh, did a thing like a couple of weeks back or a few weeks back. can't remember when it was, but just talking about uh, him and where he watches film and stuff too. And I agree. Like that's like rich man. Tony Jones is kind of like how I, I had it in my notes with him. I mean, he's a relentless runner, tough to tackle, just physical guy. I mean, he's, I don't think I need to add much more than you said, other than like, I think he's it's his specific skill set, and you're trying to get a guy who, um, is a compliment to Aeneas Williams, right? Mm -hmm. And and also because Esteme is probably going after this year. If, if he has the kind of year that we all think he's going to have, then you, that's the kind of guy who can step in and maybe even get replace carries as a freshman, right? So, um, and then if you just kind of look look at the backfield and, and what Notre Dame has too, like, um you just want to have these different kind of bodies in there. You want to have these mm. different kind of bodies with different kind of skill sets. And I think he fits that skill set. So um, obviously everyone knows that Notre Dame's after two big backs, but he would be the guy that is kind of more the priority, the higher rank guy. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it, he's a guy that I think if Notre Dame ends up with him and Aeneas Williams in the class, like that's, that's a really good, uh, that's really good two two man class there. So you like, do you like Kedron Young um, more than Xavier Robinson? Yes, I do. But I like, I like Robinson. I, I also like guy. Robinson to be, yeah, yeah. just to be clear. He's good. Um, I just think Young is just like, kind of like a little bit better in, in a few different areas. And that's why. Um, and it's not to say that, uh, you know, maybe Robinson won't be there because it's not like it's not like overly noticeable. It's not like um, I, I just think he's a little bit more physical. Um, like he has the same kind of like big back with like small guy qualities in terms of footwork and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just a little bit more physical, a little bit more relentless. Um, I think also got a little bit more juice as as like not and i i wouldn't say uh young is a home run hitter um but he might be a guy who can hit some triples and i think that yeah. uh uh robinson i'd say is more of like a doubles guy i think young is is more you can use him more in more situations whereas robinson is just kind of like hey it's like late in the game or it's like short yardage or something and we want to go to him right like i feel like young it, it kind of like digs in that, like you can always have him in the game. You can always have him in there. First and 10, 
first quarter, you know, what, you know, whenever third down, you can have him in the game. Like, I don't like, there are times when it's like, why is Xavier Robinson in this situation? Yeah. Right. And I don't like that because people get hurt, you know, like you want a guy who can always be in there because people get hurt and, and you might need someone who it's like, Hey, he's, he's got to be Notre Dame's back for the entire game or whatever. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, when Procise, he would get hurt, and it's like Josh Adams, right? Josh Adams was a, a versatile back, right? So you could always have him in the game. And and that's kind of what you want. Like, Xavier Robinson, to me, is more of like, hey, this is your big back guy. This is a guy that we want in in this situation. And he's really good in this situation, but do we want to – can we go, like, two games with him as, like, our lead back? I don't know, right? That's, that's the only question that I have. And I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying, like, projecting – it's easier for me to see Kedron Young in a role where it's like he's the lead back and he's Notre Dame's back. It's easier for me to see him excelling in that situation than Xavier Robinson. That's that's what I would say to that. Um, I think that's fair. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie, for thinking that's fair. I also think that's fair. All right. Um, Rajon's asking about Bronte Johnson, whether my feelings have changed on him. So let's just talk about him, I guess. I was going to wait till the end because he's a little bit later. He's coming on Sunday. Uh, which happens to me on my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Uh, so he will be, he'll be in on Sunday going to, I think Tuesday, four to the six. And uh, Paul Mankey Jr. will be in on, um, on uh, Friday, two to four. So let's talk about Bronte Johnson, Jamie. So I, I'm not totally sure what Ray John's talking about in terms of are my feelings changed? I think on, he means whether or not he can be in the class. Um, and if that's the case, they have, because, I think there was a time when he wasn't really on the board, at least in terms of like, can Notre Dame take him? That there was I mean, a question about that. I mean, it was definitely not. He, there's a reason he wasn't like visiting in the spring and right, stuff. Right. Like, yeah, he was not cleared to be in the class. I think the fact that an official visit has been scheduled, that's pretty indicative that, okay, he's been given the go ahead. Like if he wants to commit to Notre Dame, they can take him. Right. Um, it's a, for me, that's a pretty big development, right? Because I did not think that he was going to be an option. When we talked about safeties, we didn't bring him up because I didn't think he was even an option for Notre Dame. And, and it appears he is now. Um, if, if they were to take him at safety, I would be, I would be very happy with that. I think he's a good, I think he's, he's got the frame for it. I like the fact, honestly, that he thinks of himself as a receiver. I do playing the safety position because that mentality of like, I'm going to go get the ball and I'm a ball Hawk. And, and that like, that really lends itself. It makes me think of like Deke Cooper from back in the day, speaking of, you know, back in the day players, it's like, he came in as a wide receiver at Notre Dame. They moved him into uh, to safety after, I think it was four games. He started a game the first, the week they moved into safety, he started against Washington and he had an interception on the first series of the game. Right. It's that kind of thing where it's like you 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 have a receiver but he's got the size 63 he's really skinny 180 but he's like long so it's easy to put weight on him and he's not it's not going to tie him up or anything he's not going to get too heavy he's going to be able to carry it well kind of like Kyle Hamilton right like he gained a lot of weight at Notre Dame but he didn't really show it cuz he's so long right like he just always looked like a like a sleek kind of player and i think Bronte Johnson can fit into that um so i i like that he's i like that he has that offensive mentality i think he would be a huge huge get for this class um really really raises the the ceiling of what the safety position can be in the 2024 recruiting class uh what do you think jamie yeah and i think what is something that matt mentioned on uh power hour too where um if you get a bronte johnson and then you get like a marquise gallegos it's like wow now that's like a great uh safety duo right there right like um and certainly, like, if you get Bronte Johnson, too, then that also leads into uh, you either take guys and, you know, maybe you shuffle the deck later on with with some of the class or uh, you turn guys down. And turning guys down is not a bad thing if you're, if you're doing really well. And I think that that would be the case if they, they end up with uh, Bronte Johnson. And, I you know, he's someone that I've – uh, he was at Irish invasion last year. Uh, you know, I've seen him in person, uh, you know, Matt has seen him in person numerous times. He is a long, 
smooth athlete, a guy who just like chews up ground as a runner. Um, I think he is a better safety prospect than, uh, than a wide receiver. Like, you know, everybody wants to be a receiver, just like everybody wants to be like a running back rather than a linebacker or whatever. Right. Like that's, that's how the mentality of a lot of these guys, but it's like, well, you know, what's the best kind of thing for you. And I think to play defensive back is probably the best thing for him. Um, And I just think he's got a really high ceiling there because of like what you said about, he's got that, um, he tracks the ball really well. So um, that helps. And I think he's got the kind of range to play deep. Right. So um, I like, I really like his potential as, uh, as, as a safety. Um, And then I I guess we can kind of lead that into Paul Menke too, because um, I I think then too, like, I like Menke. Um, I like him uh, quite a bit. Uh, And I think in terms of like, he's obviously been, um, somebody who's already been on campus and as, as you know, Matt mentioned on power R too, like his like interest level in a lot of these schools, is like Notre Dame is like a fit for him. It's like Duke and Stanford and all these schools. Right. So that kind of thing, you're always thinking, cause this guy, it, no one is looking at those schools if they aren't looking at big picture. Right. Um, <clears throat> so he's obviously looking it, it, at it from that, um, perspective. Um, and I like him as just like a guy who's just got like, he's like a downhill player versus the run really like a guy who can really like play well against the perimeter. Um, and he's another, he's another receiver with good ball skills and stuff too. Right. He's a guy who plays receiver on offense. Um, so like it's weird because I mean, Kennedy Erlocker is technically a safety, but he kind of like fits more of like the, um, the sub package, you know, maybe even a linebacker thing. So it's like, I I don't think I know it, Matt kind of mentioned, like he was kind of fits more than that. I, I don't see Menke in that. Like, I think he's, he's more than that than, than, yeah. than Erlocker, but um, I don't know. I, to me, it'll be interesting whether or not how hard they like push for him um, and kind of where it's at there. But I, I think uh, now if, I mean, obviously that's one thing <coughs> with John's excusing you got to close, right? You got to close. And these other schools want him as a receiver. And if that's what he really, really wants, then, then that's what he probably do. Um, but if they're able to close there, it just leaves so many other options open for the position. Yeah. And I kind of see where Matt's coming from in that I can see him playing that in the box guy, like sub package guy. I could see it. The difference is that to your point, he doesn't have to just be that. Yes. Like I could see Menke being what you know what they want Kennedy Erlocker to be, but I could also see him just playing safety outright. Yeah, and that's the difference. Erlocker has to be that guy. He's not going yeah. to be like I'm a deep half. I'm going to be the deep middle guy. Exactly, because I think that like Menke is. I wouldn't call him a single high guy, but I think he's a guy who could split the field. You can split right. the field with him, right? And right. um, where I don't. I mean, I haven't seen that with her locker. So, and by the way, Bronte could be a single high guy, and that's yeah. why you want like yeah. that's why he's so important in the class. Um, it, but it's you know because Matt said right on the thing it, it it was we was talking about Gallegos in this situation. He's saying you know, uh, Marquise Gallegos won't be or shouldn't be, um, I guess, intimidated to come into this situation with you know, Erlocker or Menke. Or um, you know, uh, Bronte Johnson and that sort of thing, and that's true, right? But here's the thing about here's the thing about high school players is they are going to be recruited by other player or by other schools, and they're going to say like, "Hey, Notre Dame already has three safeties. Notre Dame already has three, right?" So they're going to be selling him on that. And I know it shouldn't matter to him. And, and, and I bet in theory, it doesn't, I'll bet you in theory, in his own mind, it doesn't, but you're going to keep getting told, like you're going to be Marquis Gallegos. You're going to be our safety. You're going to be our number one guy. And maybe Notre Dame saying that, but they also have those three, right? They already have the three, the buffer. And so I think it, it look, if Bronte Johnson wants to come in, 
and Paul Mankey wants to come in. I think you got to take him. I do. You can't, you can't uh, hope, you know, you can't turn one of them down. It would probably be Paul Mankey in this situation. You can't turn him down and say, oh, you know, I think that um, I, I, we, we think we're, we're going to go after Marquise Gallegos. And so therefore we're going to turn some down. I don't think they can do that. But I think that's where it's like you have Erlocker in the class as a safety when we don't know that he's going to actually play that position. It's like it just makes it difficult for me. It, it just I think it makes it less likely that you land Marquise Gallegos. And maybe that doesn't even matter because like it, maybe Marquise Gallegos is just my own thing and I like him and I want him to be in the class. And they they and they view these guys as like, hey, to us, if we get Bronte Johnson and Paul Menke, like we kind of view them the same kind of way as Marquise Gallegos. And if that's what they feel, then that's fine. Like, I'm not going to, you know, what, what am I going to say about that? So I could hear you the whole time, by the way, but I, yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, got you. I just the think disconnected and whatever. So whatever. Uh, but you sound I, good. I, you yeah, sound fantastic. It, it's, 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 it's back. So uh, yeah. anyways, but yeah, no, I, my view on safety, especially in college football and all the different offenses that you play today is, I mean, it sounds stupid to say like you want to have multiple Kyle Hamiltons, right. but I just mean in terms of like, Guys who can do it all is what I multiple mean. Like, people who can play multiple positions. Yes, because um, and that's why and that's actually what makes like playing three safeties like what can make it so dangerous is because you can do so many different things with those guys. If yeah. you have three of them who can do that, right, especially, you know, and obviously that would be more sub packaging. But yeah, that's like kind of the brilliance of it. And that's partially like what um, like Jim Knowles's defense, right. At, at uh, Oklahoma state and what made it so good. Right. And um, you just want to have these guys who can, you know, a guy who can play in the box, a guy who can play in the slot and guy who can play deep, the deep half. If you got a guy, you can play single high. And obviously there's not too many guys that can play it at a really, really high level. But if you have multiple guys like that, Oh my gosh, it just opens up so much. And um so yeah, like I, I do think that <clears throat> like a Bronte, and then if you get like I I to me that just I mean I, I understand like in terms of rankings wise, that's they're both they're both have good rankings, they're they're right. four stars, right? But it's just it's skill set wise that is the thing that's so ex would be so exciting about having both of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I mean, look, I, I, for as far as I know, you know, I keep, I check, I check with Matt on Marquise Gallegos, um, <laughs> like at least once a week. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, he, t you know, he tells me like, look at don't, cause he hasn't really been in, um, he hasn't been kind of in the conversation for a little bit. Um, and he's, you know, in the latest Irish Intel, like he wasn't brought up in the safety position. And Christian was just kind of like, you know, we, we just feel like things are more clear with these other players, not less so with him. But my Gago still has an official visit set up. And so as that gets closer, there'll be more clarity there. Matt assures me like, look, Notre Dame's not out or anything. They, they have a, you know, they have a good chance to land him just like they did before. It's just that after he visited, there was a lot more conversation surrounding him because he was just there, you know, and now that he hasn't, it's been a little bit longer. Uh, time has passed since he visited, and so he he doesn't come up as much. But um, so he he assures me Notre Dame still has a good chance there, and so that makes me feel good. Um, Michael's um, bringing up Dewan Lane. I would love that as well. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, yeah, Dewan Lane is a stud. Um, I do not understand Marquis Gallegos is um his ranking from some places. Like I do not get it. Uh, I mean, did he not like? He maybe he doesn't have a verified 40 or something, and that's kind of the deal is, but like I mean, dude, just throw on the film. Throw yeah, on like the film. Yeah, like Michael, Michael says uh Gallegos has a high floor and Notre Dame needs some safeties ready to play. I I, I mean he does have a high floor, but I think I think he's got ceiling. a high ceiling too. I, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like I I that he's to me, he's good. Like he, he's really good. I I mean, look, and I'm asking Matt about him every week. So um 
I don't usually do that. And I'm kind of, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm partial to safeties, as you know, and I have high standards for it. And so it's just, to me, I, I just see it. I just see it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he has that like elite upside because he doesn't have that size like Kyle does. Um, and he's not the kind of, he's not the kind of instinctual playmaker that like Peyton Bowen was, yeah. um, but he's bigger he's, than Bowen. And he's, he's just, he just knows how to play the position. And so he, he's not like an elite athlete and that's probably what hurts him. Like he, I'll bet you, he doesn't have those, those, like he doesn't have like the Cam Williams 24 foot long jump or something, you know, he doesn't have that, but, and that's what you'll keep, will keep you low. But when you watch him play, he knows how to play the position and he knows how to get to spots quicker than someone who might be faster than him, but isn't as it, as doesn't have the IQ as a football player that he does. Yeah. And that's what makes up for it. And that's what the, frankly, what made up for it with Kyle as well. So Aloe Gilman, um, Aloe Gilman, another good example, yeah. right? He just knows how to get to uh, sp uh, spots quicker. So, um, all right, Jamie, those are the, uh, those are the official visitors from this weekend. So I think so. Okay. So offensive line running back and uh, safety are kind of the main, the main uh, groups coming in. I think there's going to be a lot of clarity coming out of it. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to be talking about that a lot next week that you're going to want to go to irisportsdaily.com because Matt and Christian are going to, and throughout the month, right. They are going to have updates uh, pretty regularly, like daily, hourly, that sort of thing. You're, so you're going to want to go to irisportsdaily.com and, um, and sign up there. Go ahead, Jane. I was going to say, well, this weekend also Irish invasion, is uh june 4th oh, yeah that's that's there so uh christian will be in town for that obviously matt is already there i'll be in town for that um so and i mean we don't have a list right now of, of all the guys who are going to be there um but last year if you look at um you know the list of the guys that were there um and who weren't committed at the time right so like cam williams cj carr Aeneas Williams, Jack Larson, um, Caleb Beasley, uh, yeah. Bronte Johnson. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of other guys that targets that Notre Dame isn't going to land too. But like, that's four guys who are committed, and and two other guys that are like high priority targets in the class, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just over the course of the year. And then like, this is it's it's something where there's going to be guys that are going to be 2025 20, guys we talk about will be there so that's something to, to watch out for um do you think Mankey could be on commit watch i i don't know uh i i mean whenever there's somebody who has visited before and then they're they're back i'm like it always could be but I think you know if you listen to us before, Andy Chichi, what a what a, what a name! Uh, if you listen to us before, uh, you know, one he's he has all these other officials planned, so that doesn't mean he won't that he might not take them, but he does have all those other ones set, so maybe he wants to take them. Uh, and then the other thing is, how hard is Notre Dame going to push for right. him? Right, so. Maybe they still want him, but maybe they're like, okay, we don't want to push too hard right now because, um, you know, there's still a lot of other guys who are visiting that they really, really like, right? And obviously Johnson is visiting right after him. So it's, um, you know, he's kind of like the first safety on the list to, to visit. Um, obviously, if they get him, um, then it's just like whatever they're rolling and they can just figure it out from there. Yeah, uh, Stevie Wonder says um, he can't be a take at this moment. I don't want to say can't. I don't know. I don't know how they. Feel I don't know. Him. Yeah. Um, but so, but to his point, if he is a take, he should be on commit watch because, like you said, you have Bronte Johnson coming in, Dewan Lane's coming in, Marquise Gallegos is coming in, Davis Andrews is coming in next weekend. 
Davis Andrews might be a little bit tricky because of the mission, right? So he might not even like they might take him not even as a as a take um, to for this class. You know what I mean? So like I, I don't know, I don't even know how to view him, frankly, because like he might be a twenty six kid, and and so in which case, fine, take him if he's a twenty six. You know, so I, I don't know how to view him, but like you have all these safeties coming in, and Erlocker is already on board in terms of numbers, so. If you if he likes it, you might want to you might want to get your spot because uh, you know if you sit around, Johnson could commit, and then one of Gallegos or um, you know one of Gallegos or uh, or Lane could want to come in, and Andrews, and then now you're like, oh, maybe it's not even an option for me. So he um, should be. I I think too, like if I had to to guess, and this is like I said, I don't know this. My guess is that they probably won't push for him. Well, but so here's the thing, Jamie. If, if just, that's this, true, just this weekend, just this right. weekend, I mean. But if that's true, why why did they have him come in first? I guess that's a good point, too. I don't know. Um, well, here's the other thing. They also didn't know Bronte Johnson was going to be back on the board. Uh, true, so true true, true, I don't. And you don't want to cancel I don't know. it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's a good, that's awesome. Well, good. because he still might need them in the class. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know what? I, I think with a lot of the safeties, it's like, who do you prefer yeah. right now? Like, yeah. per, like it's a personal preference. Um, like maybe O'Leary loves them. We don't know. Maybe. Right. Um, uh, I like him. I mean, I, he would be, on my list, he is not at the top. Uh, but if they took him in the class, I think he's a good player. But I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how they're going to prioritize it. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be like one of these things where um, my guess is if they, if they really want him, they can get him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael Wu is asking who... Um... Who's the last good Latino play at Notre Dame? Oh, man. Uh, I should know this. I don't want to. Uh, I'm a quarter Mexican. I should yeah. know this. I don't want to forget anyone. I don't um, either. It, I, it, I, for some reason, like Duan Francisco came into my mind. But he that sounds Spanish to me. It doesn't sound Mexican. It sounds Spanish. He sounds like he sounds. I mean, you know, that's. Latin adjacent. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Rubio is one. Um, I'm trying to think. It, it's not, it's pretty rare. And I remember thinking, like, wow, oh, no. Gallegos. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not a ton of, like, Latino. Um, I, I don't think there's a lot of Latino. Latinos who played for Notre Dame in the last like 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot. That I'll, have to, I'll have to do some research on this. I'll have to look it up. I have to yeah. look up. There's a chance that Getherall was Hispanic. Like maybe his mom or something. Because Getherall is not a, a, a Mexican name or a, or a Hispanic name, but he kind of looks, he, he, I mean, he's from Southern California too. So that's another part. Um, yeah. I'd have to look into that. So possibly Getherall, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, I can't think of I can't think of one um, off the top off the top of my head. But that's hey, this is a good good question. That is a good question. We'll yeah. look it up. We'll look it up. Um, all right, I, I think that I, th I think that'll be good, Jamie. I think that'll be good for the show. Um, we're, this is going to be our one show for this week. We've we've had um, we've we've been doing multiple shows a week for a really long time. I've been doing the uh, the player interviews. Jamie's on Power Hour as well, so Jamie's on three pods. He's also writing. He's doing a bunch of stuff. And so the, the, the week was different because of the holiday. <clears throat> Jamie recorded Power Hour yesterday, and we, we were debating doing a show. Um, but then we thought, you know what? Why don't we just give it one show this week? We'll get all the intel, and we'll do our regular schedule next week um, once we have all the information on recruits and that sort of thing. We're going to try to get Mentalk to come in and talk about um, the early enrollees. They're coming in on the 9th. And he just did a profile on all nine of them. 
Uh, so he's got a lot of info there. So we're going to check that out. So you want to check us out on irishsportsdaily.com on our YouTube channel. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the notification bell so you know we're going. Um, we know we're going live. And uh, check us out on our pod feeds if you're into the audio form as well. Uh, podcast links are in the description below. So that's where it's at, Jamie. Good show. Had a great time talking about it. And um, we'll be back next week talking recruiting and everything. Have a good weekend, everybody.